Hey, what's up, people? Thank you for joining me. This is episode 12, or should we say 12.5, of Sports Debate Tuesday, along with Rob Keepin' McLean. McLean, I am Jason DeBeas. Rob, let's get to it. I got a question for you. Question number one. All right, we're talking about Tua, with many experts talking about Tua going to the Dolphins. And just most recently, um, I believe um, the Chargers are trying to get him, get him for uh, number six. I just found out this morning, uh, Sports Debate Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Um, with a few teams that could use a good quarterback, where's the best fit overall for the fifth round pick or should, or maybe the sixth round pick? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the thing with Tua is Tua is, uh, like a generational type talent. And, and the thing about the quarterback is you have to throw the ball. Well, um, you have to anticipate, you have to, there are certain skills that aren't necessarily physically bound that you can't necessarily see. Um, <clears throat> which is why Joe Burrow is a fantastic quarterback. He, he, he might be a little quick. He might be, uh, you know, a decent height, but he's got the right decisions at the right time. He sets himself up for success, and he makes the right decisions. He puts his players in the right places. Same thing for Tua, even more for Tua. If Tua was not hurt, he would be the number one player in this draft, bar none. Yeah. Um, even, even with Joe Burrow being the national champion, the how great of a season he had, because Tua did it on a, a bigger scale. He did it not. He didn't win. He actually won only a couple more games, but he came in in a, in a much more uh, different situation. He came in in a college championship game in a team that was down or was not playing as well, and came and, and won the game for them as a, a freshman. You know, that's that's huge. That's different. You know, that's a that's a different caliber player, and he's gotten much better. So. Who is he a best fit for? He is the best fit for anybody who doesn't believe their quarterback is their guy. Um, if you can get a guy that can transcend your offense, you go get him. So that's to anybody. Um, who he will go for, I think that the, the, the Dolphins are setting up um, to, to pick him, uh, whether they have to go up or if, they, if he falls to him for uh, the injury concerns. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Detroit you know, threw themselves out there and went to go get it or if somebody went up to Detroit's pick at number three and, and uh, chose the <clears throat> the Alabama prospect because he's he's the best he's the best quarterback in the draft um, yeah uh, <clears throat> very tough with the injury but he is a very very generational talent yep all right hey Rob McLean let me tell you something about the second best pick in the draft that's Tua because my best pick is still Burrow. <laughs> All right, quarterbacks come in levels, all right? There are the untouchables, all right? There's like the top five or top ten. We're going to do a top five later on. And um, those are the guys you're like, no matter who we draft, we got our guy. Thanks, but no thanks, okay? And then we have the guys uh, middle of the pack. Well, um, um, and I, I, it's tough to name names because all of them are so good where you're like, you know what? Let's put him in and let let let, let our whoever's here now battle for his spot. Maybe I'll just use Daniel Jones for as an example or or, or Haskins or you said Washington has the, the the number 3 pick, right? So, it's one of those things where um and then you have the bottom half where you're like, yo, he this dude could start for us right now. And you you, you talked we talked about the Chargers, right? Chargers already mm -hmm. got a good receiving core. They got um very, very good coaching. Uh, uh, ben, but don't break stout defense. It'd be very, very ideal for someone like him. 
um, to to build the first two years, depending on what the Chargers want. If they want to win now, win now, guy, maybe Tua might not be your guy. Maybe Burrow might be your guy. But to answer the question, I think I'm a co-sign with you. I really, really like the Miami Dolphins. I like that he gets to stay in the South. I, I like that he has that this coach finally has a good player and a good leader for a change. Someone you know who got injured, but um, um, the injury, the guy is so durable. The the injury was freaky. It's a freak injury because the guy doesn't get hurt. I don't know. I mean, a name like Tua and whatever, however we want to pronounce his last name. Yeah. <laughs> you Tua can help me with that one later. Um, Tua Tua Yeah, but um, <laughs> so so for me, it's it's he's a natural leader. Um, and I'd like to. I like him to have a good young coach. I like to have to have a good young team. I like to have a, a him be surrounded with some vets that believe believe in him. And I, I like the Miami Dolphins for Tua. Um, who do you um? There's some buzz about someone else, Herbert. Herbert coming out. Uh, of- J- Justin Herbert, but uh, Jordan Love coming out of uh, Utah State. That's like a big pick. I hear uh, that. I mean, I mean, he seems like he's going to get picked up uh, maybe in the the twenties, the twenty, like the early twenties. But the Patriots are number twenty three, and they're saying that they're for sure drafting a quarterback in the first round, or not in the first round, but in this draft, um, drafting for the future. So. If they pick up a Jordan Love, they give him time to, you know, mature under under center on a, in a practice squad or on a second team. Man, uh, the future is bright for that kid. They were saying he has the comparisons or the ceiling at least for like, you know, a, a Patrick Mahomes-esque type player. So it's a very interesting uh, draft going on. It's very, very deep in a lot of positions. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be uh, league-changing almost. Yeah, and the crazy thing about this is that I didn't think it was a quarterback-heavy draft, and now some of these guys are getting buzz, buzzes, and I, I don't know what's going on in the, in the virtual combine that's making everybody um, – I mean, like the first round, what were we thinking? We were thinking two quarterbacks, first round, right? And two, mm-hmm. uh, like a, a few months ago uh, with his injury, we weren't even thinking him first round. So we were thinking really one guaranteed and one, uh, as we say in uh, the spades, one and a possible. <laughs> But now all of a sudden we're talking four quarterbacks. Now we're talking Miami might want want Herbert or, or might want the guy uh, our guy from Utah uh, Utah State. You said Utah State, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, but to answer your question, uh, who 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 would be a good fit? To answer our question, who'd be a good fit? I would say the Miami Dolphins. The Miami yeah. Dolphins. It'd be nice to see you know bring them back on prominence, and the AFC just lost their best player. So we'll see. Maybe if the Jets and the, the Dolphins will be the top of the top of the AFC next. Yep. Rob, you got question two or should I read that? Yeah, I don't have it in ah, front of me. I got it. <laughs> thank you, thank <laughs> Listen, you, thank you. Rob McLean is is going to bat for me today. I had some technical issues yesterday for the people that were listening to the podcast and I apologize for that because we're players and, and players are always on time. Um, I right, question number two and I think I'm, I'm going to go first on this one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tom Brady's joining uh, uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. With him joining the Bucks, has shifted the power in the NFC, particularly uh, of the Southern Conference. Um, the question is: Are the Tampa Bay Bucks potentially the best team in the NFC? And Rob, uh, uh, um, potential is a very tricky word. And I always say, and I got this from a play: There comes a time when the world stops rewarding you for potential. 
for for what you can do and what and your ability, what you can and what you can't do. And with that being said, we're not we're not rewarding Tom Brady for potential. We're rewarding Tom Brady for what he has done in the in the distant past, what he has done in the recent past, and what people what predictability he says he's going to do again. So. Um, potentially they can be the NFC, but but in reality, right now, until he is, he's not. The, they're not the best team in the NFC. They're not even the best team in their division. I bring your attention to the New Orleans Saints. I bring your attention to Drew Brees, who has a plethora of wide receivers, uh, pretty good uh, um, d- um, running running game, um, excellent a a a plus type coach, and. And one of the most complete teams in the NFC, and always find themselves in the NFC Championship game, um, losing or, or and scratching the surface. Um, pretty much like Tom Brady was with the Patriots, always in, in the situation in the AFC Championship or the Super Bowl or winning or losing. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see him having to play a team like that twice, as opposed to feasting on the AFC least. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> yeah, potentially they do. Absolutely. Um, but will they? Uh, I don't believe so. I don't believe so because um, they're just uh, they, you need time. You know, when you when you're when you have these situations where you have great players moving to teams that are solid, ready to make the next step, we all think that you know we just expect that um, they're going to make that jump smoothly. But uh, we have to know that it's it's going to take time, and Tom's offense is going to be different than. Uh, the offense that um, the Tampa Bay runs, um, that what James Winston could do last season. Um, and we're going to see what Tom Brady's made of. You know, there's a lot that's going on. There's a, And just like you're saying, there's a, a team in Seattle that, that proved last year that they're right at the top, just like they did for the last four or five years. They had a little down year maybe two, three years ago, uh, changing the guard with uh, a lot of their defensive players leaving and, and retooling, but they retooled, you know, they're, double digits and wins last season. So they're right in the picture always. And I think that there's going to be a day where Russell Wilson takes that step and, and is that number one, number two quarterback in the league. And it's just, uh, it's going to come. So yeah, Tom Brady while, has he was number one, right? I mean, uh, yeah, his, his uh, touchdowns uh, to interception uh, ratio in the beginning of, uh, in the beginning to the middle of the season before Lamar Jackson and, Patrick Mahomes came on. Everybody was like, right. Russell Wilson was the runaway. They were, they were saying runaway MVP. Yeah, but for me, I think a lot of people look statistically at that. I, I take it more on the field as well as statistically, you know, because uh, not to say that this could be happening, but, you know, there's garbage minutes. There's, you know, a team could just be that much better than the other team and just outclass the other team. It doesn't mean the quarterback is playing outlandishly well. So, Right. You need. I think it's just uh, you have to take it for what it is. And uh, just like we're talking about Tom Brady, I don't think that his numbers explained how good he was last year. But that's why we're giving him the credit. And that's why he's staying <clears throat> as a threat to be one of the best teams in the NFC. But that doesn't mean that he will be immediately. You know, yep. solid team, Tampa. But they still got some some young players in that team, some locker room issues, maybe. So they need to clean it up and see where it goes from there. Yeah, we previously had a conversation about locker room leadership, and I think that's where Tom Brady definitely serves an advantage. Um, there are certain locker rooms where if you have three really good vets, 
or, or, or maybe a good quarterback and, and the combination of such, uh, then you have a complete team. I bring your attention to the Ravens when they won the last Super Bowl beating the 49ers. Uh, the last time they played each other, you had Ray Lewis, you had Suggs, and you had uh, Ed Reed. All three of those guys, on, by the way, on defense. Joe Flacco had led when he had to, and, and just a great core of players. And, and John Harbaugh, who um, um, who all of the players by, by consensus, this is the, they're like, this is the guy you want to play with. This is the guy you want to play with because he, he treats everybody like men and um, he makes a deal with us. You know, um, uh, this this is what you can do. And if you abuse that, then then, you know, you're not with me. And if you're and if you if you don't, then we can continue on being professionals. Professional was the word I'm using. I just wasted a whole bunch of time there. So Tom Brady um, doesn't need a whole lot of locker room leadership. It's just him. Bruce Arians is an alpha. Really, it's just the two of them, and just like Belichick and Brady in New England was just a two a two um, a two leader partnership. Um, I think he can do the same thing in Tampa Bay. You know, of course, you had you know Richard Seymour and you had Ty Law. You know, all these guys in between. You know, take the initiative when they had to. But at the end of the day, um, with with a guy like Tom Brady, um, it's going to be him, and it's going to be Bruce Arians. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. You know, I think Bruce has his things to prove, you know. Uh, so it'll be very interesting also to see what he's going to bring to the table with a new with a new team. You know, like Mike Evans ran shot over the league, but he also was a really bad teammate. He also was a really terrible uh, person in, in the uh, or uh, image for the league. So there's a, there's a lot of things there that I'm very surprised that Tom Brady is – uh, in Tampa Bay, but you know, more power to him. He sees what he sees, and uh, I want to see what's coming from it. Dude, that was like the game signing with G Unit, right? <laughs> yeah, and and it was just <laughs> like immediate, like, huh? <laughs> I mean, at least he didn't go with the Jets. That would have been just like wow. <sighs> I know, I know. No, he 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 can't. Yeah, it's just he too can't high join profile. the same conference. I mean, Miami's been as big as Jinx. The bu- the Buffalo Bills have been his favorite beat up toy, and the Jets have been the bane of his exi- his existence under the Rex Ryan era. I mean, Rex Ryan right now has more wins against um, Brady than any other any other coach. Still small numbers, but still better than you know than most. So, mm. all right, hey, we did it. We did it. And um, all right, topic number three. In this day in sports, actually, it was yesterday. Mm. Uh, we're, we're treating it like this day in sports. Um, the Golden State Warriors defeated the Grizzlies to secure the best record in the NBA in 2016. Their record was 73-9. and nine. So, does winning the title this year taint people? Did, so, I guess the question is, excuse me, um, with them winning the... Um, the the uh, them, uh, Yeah, the, 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 the best record in the NBA, but not winning the title. <laughs> does that taint people... Um, some memory of them. Do you want this one? Or? Yeah. The answer is absolutely yes. The answer is absolutely yes. What? Dude, I bring your attention to Major League Baseball. We got the Seattle uh, Mariners. Won like 115 games, I believe, in 1999. Didn't win the World Series. Does anybody remember them? No. Okay. I bring your attention to football. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback and the greatest coach to ever play, had an undefeated regular season. Roared all the way to the Super Bowl with an 18-0 record. Lost to the Giants. Will people remember Tom Brady and Bill Belichick? Yes. But will they remember that Super Bowl or remember that year uh, where they were 18-1? 
No. So now I bring you back to the NBA. 73-9, breaking Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls record. And, and, and arguably, maybe they're equal as far as complete teams is concerned. And this is even before um, Kevin Durant came. But with that being said, 73-9 record. Did you win the NBA title? Um, no, you didn't. So will anyone remember you that year? No. Especially in the, in the manner and how they did it, Rob McLean. They were up three games to one. J Draymond calls um, LeBron a B-word, and that, that gives him a one-sink game suspension, mysteriously. Okay, so they lose that game when he's not there, but you're up three games to one. What happened to the other two games? What happened to the finals where Draymond Green scored 32 points? I believe it was 32-7-12 and 12 or something like that. He did play, and he did show up, and they still lost. So, will we remember the Golden State Warriors? Yes, but will we remember that season? No. Rob, Not a chance. the floor is yours. Yeah, it's 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 upsetting because we won't remember that because it wasn't uh, a culmination, which which is sad because you know we won't remember it until we look into the record books and it's not the Bulls because you know and, and nobody would remember the Bulls do it unless they remembered Michael Jordan, you know. So it's kind of interesting that it it it, plan, it pans out that way. But the record is the record. I think. Um, you know, they won. No they had won their that, right? that doesn't change. Well, yeah, they won their championships. You know, they, they weren't searching for a championship anymore. They were kind of searching for a dynasty. And that, in all honesty, that like record kind of fell in their laps. You know, they it, it wasn't like they were saying that we're gonna we're gonna go for the record this year. You know, they had like a what thirty game win streak. I think it was. It was ridiculous where yeah. they were like, it was, it was something along, I think it was like a 20-something well, 20, 20 game win streak. 35 and 6 by Christmas or something like that. Uh, um, yeah. But they had a win streak going and they also had like a win by a certain amount of points going. Like they had like certain streaks and certain records going on top of that. So that's what I'm saying. The record kind of fell into our lap. I think maybe where we didn't have so much social media, um, the, the Bulls or, you know, other teams that may have been close. They're not really – maybe they knew or they didn't want to keep it in their minds or maybe they're trying to win an NBA championship. But, you know, I think this is really, uh, again, a, an evolution where the fans want to see it, the players want it to happen. You know, they're, they're conscious of the record books, and, you know, they made it happen. And I think after that, obviously, they were clearly tired in the finals. Um, uh, and for me with the Draymond Green thing – it's it's more about a flow, and that's you know they won the season, but they were never going to win the postseason because you could tell they just didn't have that extra gear. You know they couldn't give in a little just that little extra at the right times. Yeah, and they were close. They were real close. But and did they Jeremiah not go Green to seven out. games to get to the finals? Did they yes. not go with the Oklahoma City against the Oklahoma City Thunder seven games? Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, so they did have kinks in their armor. I I, I, I suppose against good teams, when uh, when everybody's gone, you have to separate the men from the boys, right? Sooner or later, you you you, you got to find a, a really good team you could beat four out of seven times. That's not easy. I get that. But um, even on top of that, you have um, <clears throat> they were up, but in that pivotal game, which is usually uh, the, the the series changer. I know it was one game away from the championship, but that's not it's not the most relief of pressure. You know, they have they have if they lose one game, they're going back to Cleveland to play another game. You know, and then they're coming back to Golden State at home for a deciding game. That means it's not necessarily home court advantage. There's more pressure on you to, you know, and that's, so it's a, it's really lopsided where that game that Draymond went out was the most important game of the series because it was at Golden State and it was something where he was not present. But 
that's where you kind of want to close it out is, is four and one. You know what I mean? If you don't, things get flipped. So yeah, interesting. Four and one would have really painted the dynasty because they mm-hmm. went through out of the four years, and that would have been four years in a row. That would have been a four-peat, and that would have um, definitely started the uh, healthy debates, something that we're doing right now. With KD, with KD after that? Because mm. you know KD is going to be coming through if they just won, yeah. you know, and, and they had the chance to do it. They just lost, and he can come through, yeah. Yeah, that would have been a lookout shout moment, dude. <laughs> Ow! For real. <laughs> My goodness. Wow. And I'm, I'm just looking like head to head, like Jordan, you know, Rodman, Scotty, Wennington. I mean, they, they had a really good team, man. Steve Kerr. Mm. <laughs> Coach. It's crazy, and they had, <laughs> and they had, and they had big men too. Big men that would run and be active, and it's just, it was great, it was great yeah. to see. Well, every every good team has a power forward, you know, that gets floor burns and that does a lot of stuff that doesn't show on show up on paper. You know, '90s, I give you, I'll leave your attention to the Houston Rockets, that Otis Thorpe, you know, Horace Grant from the, the first uh, Bulls three P team, Dennis Rodman for the second three P team, Dennis Rodman for the Detroit Pistons. Um, like every 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 good team had a, had a uh, had a grinder like that, and it was, and uh, the Warriors didn't. And I was very very curious if they started people started roughing them up, um, what would have happened? Maybe they just get called for a bunch of fouls and the softest softest cotton um, uh, uh, rules rules guidelines today. But maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm being an old fart about that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, you are. <laughs> he's like, you're an old fart. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> All right, Rob, uh, fourth question. Mm. Um, the quarterback remains the most important position in football, highlighting a wave of quarterbacks who possess high mobility and accuracy at the same time to throw down the field. So now the, now you got the combination of both. You don't have stationary guys that are deadly, and you don't have guys that are quick-footed but not, not terribly accurate. Now, in this day and age, it's the evolution, right? Got it. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, has these these athletic quarterbacks that can that are that have a brain. <laughs> um, with that being said, Rob, from five to one, Rob, from five to one, who are your top five quarterbacks in the NFL? Mm. All right, I got you. Start the um, music. <laughs> <laughs> Number five is Aaron Rodgers for me. Um, I think uh, he just gets. He just gets the nod, uh, the, the, the nod over a couple of younger guys that are, like you're saying, athletic running quarterbacks who are not necessarily playoff proven. You know, Aaron Rodgers is not necessarily playoff proven himself. I just uh, what he can do on the field with his arm, with the ball uh, is just his skill level is very high. And he's able to put the ball in places that most people cannot with ease. Um, I just think his team, his, his franchise kind of failed him a little bit throughout his career with the, the amount of time they let him get on the field. And then how lackadaisical they've been in free agency. So my number four is, um, I want to say this correctly, I believe it is Drew Brees. Yeah, Drew Brees is, uh, you know, still the model of consistency. Um, he still does an air raid system at, you know, 40, 44, 43, whatever it is. Um and, you know, he's been in my, you know, what knocks him down a couple uh, spaces is that he's been injured too much. Um, but other than that, he he's just 
puts the ball where it needs to be. He makes a, a Michael Thomas better than what he can be. Like, no one thought Michael Thomas was going to be anything, and now he's one of the most consistent wide receivers in the league and got paid for it um, handsomely. So, uh, great to see. Love Drew Brees. Uh, my number three is uh, – oh, yeah, my man, Russell Wilson. Um he earned that spot. I think that uh, people, you know, obviously I could mix it with Tom Brady, he and Tom Brady, but I think Tom Brady gets a nod on what he does in the playoffs, and that means how you finish. Uh, I think Russell does a great job first half of the season, second half of the season, and comes to playoff time. He doesn't quite leave it on the field. You know, maybe he doesn't take the same risks that he would take in the off season, uh, in, the, in the regular season, and I think that shows up, too, in the end of the regular season. He, he kind of dials it down maybe a bit, and he doesn't peak. Uh, so that's why I would give him just a nod, uh, the, the nod over uh, under Tom Brady for right now, who's my number two. But, um, yeah, I love what they're going to do out there with DK Metcalf. I love what they create with a strong line on both sides, defensive, offensive, and I love their running back game. So I, I think that, you know, Russell Wilson's coming um, soon to come for that championship, but he's up there, number three. Uh, number two, my Tom Brady. Um you know, just got put on a new team. I really think that he's going to maximize whatever the skill and talent that he has left. Um, he's finally gotten two, not just zero, but he has two prototypical as well as skillful top wide receivers. He's got a young, skillful, and big tight end. He's got a capable offensive line in front of him, and he's going to make that offensive line ten times better just by the way that he uh, adjusts pre-snap, he recognizes blitzes and how he can get the ball out of his hands fast if he recognizes those things. Um, he can recognize the field a lot easier. Um, just for the mental aspect of the game, he's my number two. Uh, <clears throat> I would really, I really think if he has a blowout season, a real big season, even if he doesn't put up the numbers Mahomes does, he could be my number one guy next year. You know, just a, just a little peep in the future. And then uh, Patrick Mahomes, my number one. Purely based on what I've seen, I mean, man, I've never seen somebody be able to control a field with first his personality, but then second, how literally <laughs> and I've only heard this a couple of times where you want to keep him in the pocket. He's almost better when you when they flush him out of the pocket and then people get off their routes, get open and he just finds them. You know, you, you know, you can see the real talented players who make almost it looks like even better plays outside of the pocket. Because what happens inside the pocket looks so easy, you know. So they go out of the pocket. It's a little bit challenging. People running after them. They make another great throw. And it seems so simple, but man, it's just beautiful to watch. The cross the body, cross the field. You're not supposed to do that. He does it perfectly. You know, no look passes. No one's even thought about that in the NFL. No look passes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So Patrick Mahomes number one. He's gonna be there for a long time, and he's got to stay healthy. Uh, but man, it's gonna be great to see. One through five, Jay, what do you got? You know what? The cool thing about this top five quarterback list is that we, we have numbers, we have stats. I have a whole bunch of numbers over here that I, I, I was running through and, and support my argument with numbers. But when it comes to the top five, we ain't got to go for numbers because they all got numbers. Numbers are a given. Rob, are you ready? This is mm -hmm. me, Y2 Jason. Jason DeVis is top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Number five, 
Aaron Rodgers. I'm co-signing with you on that one, Rob McLean. Aaron Rodgers, solid quarterback, still one of the best throwers in the game. Some would say one of the best throwers since Dan Marino, and that is saying a lot because that man had a cannon. Between him and John Elway, they are taking the skin off your hands. 13-3 and record, a second seed. Uh, all he needed was a, a, a decent coach and, 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 uh, and a defense that doesn't give up big plays where he doesn't have to have had these one-horse races against against an entire team and um and you got you got yourself a quarterback maybe he'll win a super bowl super bowl maybe he won't but aaron Rodgers remains my number five pick number four i gotta go with lamar jackson because we are talking about who the top five quarterbacks are today that man took a four a team to 14 and two under the good leadership of our favorite coach john harbaugh the man runs the man throws, the man reads, the man is fearless. And just to think, the experts, ho, 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 the experts wanted to recruit him as a wide receiver. Go kick rocks, experts. Number three, gotta go with Patrick, my homeboy, Mahomes. You had him a little bit higher, and you have every right to have him higher, but I got him in my top three. And I got him at, at three at the top three. The man throws with his left hand. He throws with his right hand. He throws underhand. He throws sidearm. He throws overhand. He throws a one-arm tie behind his back. He throws with his helmet looking down where he has no line of sight. He's throwing no-look throws. He's throwing all-look throws. And he was a his team was a stupid defensive penalty away from actually going to two Super Bowls. And under the guidance of our other favorite coach, Andy Reid's, Ask him what he's won. He's done, he's done wonders with, with Donovan McNabb, and I knew he would do miracles with Patrick Mahomes. Number two, my favorite quarterback the last decade, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, this man is in the Northwest, just putting up monster numbers. All the way up to the middle of the season was a runaway MVP. His touchdowns to touchdowns interception ratio is just... Uh, um, ridiculous. It's beyond whatever. He's been to the playoffs pretty much every single year since he's been in the league except for one. And he was one play away from actually securing the the um the NFC number one seed, which uh, uh was came down to one play. It actually came down to um if I remember correctly, uh um what what the hell do you call that? Um delay of game. <laughs> that that put him back and that and that made them fall short. More, fall mm -hmm. short of the goal line. So Russell Wilson, the quiet man who walks quietly but with a big stick. Oh, the short guy. Oh, he's short. He's short. That's all you got? That's all, that's the only thing you can say about this guy? You can go kick rocks too. And that leads me to number one. You know what song is coming right now. I'm drumming it up. My boyfriend's back bigger than before. Hey la, hey la. My boyfriend's back. Tom Brady, the absolute Done. The man has been snubbed by Michigan, made his way to the top. He's been snubbed as a sixth as a sixth round pick. There were seven quarterbacks, or the Brady Six, right? There were six quarterbacks picked before that guy, and nobody even remembers any of them as New Yorkers. The only one who remembers Chad Pennington. This man has can throw with good receivers. He can throw with tight ends that, that run with a bus on their back. He can Go to the crowd. Hey, where are you from? Dorchester? Come on out here. You short white guy? Come on. Let's play some wide receiver. Tom Brady has been good. He's been great. And we haven't even seen him write his legacy and finish his chapter in the story, which is going to finish in Tampa Bay. But Tom, Tom Brady is my number one pick. Rob, 
Does he throw harder than the, than the, than the four quarterbacks we mentioned? No. Does he run faster? No, you run backwards. Uh, you, could do the, you could do the 40 backwards faster than that guy goes. But all he does is win games, and my number one pick is Captain Clutch. Tom Brady. Man, Good list. I don't, don't know, lose, man. I man. think Lamar. I, I, listen, I'm not, you know, you're not wrong for saying Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't mind about Mahomes. I do think he's young, you know, and I think the, the Super Bowl kind of proved uh, what he's capable of. He's capable of, like, doing nothing for three quarters and then, you know, blowing out, you know, or not nothing for three quarters, but nothing for two and then blowing it out, you know, the second half of the game, you know, uh, or just winning it at the at the end of the game, you know. And then the, 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 the semifinal, you know, they were down, what, 21 to – or semifinal. The, the, yeah, 24-0. 24-0. He's talking about Kansas you know, City and um Houston? And Houston, and yeah. then the next game, you know, he wasn't doing too well in the play in the, in the Super Bowl, and then uh, they just like kind of won at the end. You know what I mean? Like it was a great game, but it was just uh, he wasn't really clicking. You know, and maybe it's just the defense schemed really well and all this and that, but you could tell that there's things you can do to maybe uh, get him not to play in his top game. You know, it's not he's not just this inevitable talent. So. Uh, great to see, but yeah, definitely can and can break down on my list if he doesn't have the right pieces around. You know, Tyreek Hill wasn't there for a while; he was injured. You know, and there's concerns that he might not be back to what he could be. But glad man, to see him how back fast and, is know, that guy? It. How killed fast it, is that man. guy? I, think, I mean, I think at the end, I want to show like a video of Tyreek Hill catching up <laughs> to someone. I, I, I remember, remember, I don't know, who, I forgot who it was. It wasn't Lashawn McCoy. It was um Williams broke one and broke one he's by himself and then someone ran up on him i was like who the hell is that fast I'm like thank god it was his own teammate <laughs> but it's, but mm-hmm. the dude runs like four two three at the 40 and got caught up <laughs> and got caught by Tariq hill that dude is oh. uh, i don't know he's got Speedy. an afterburner uh, jeff jet propulsion system up his behind or something because that dude just takes two steps and he's gone particularly the first step very rare, right? Good first step athlete. Very. Like you look at the, some rare. of the short white guys I was talking about, Wel- Welker or whatever, those guys. Those are good first step receivers. Edelman, first step receivers. But he's got, Tariq Hill's got fir- first step and breakaway. Mm-hmm. And cuts. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. He's just all over. Yeah. So I'm, I, I guess the reason why I'm stalling is on the edit. I'm probably going to uh, just plug in a video just him catching up <laughs> you know i mean totally. we're, we're doing for everyone watching this this is uh sports debate tuesday because of the coronavirus we're kind of airing a day early because i'm taking my own show and i'm doing all the editing on my own we miss you miranda we miss you dearly like the deserts miss the rain um all right now our favorite section rob mclean this section is called boom 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 good idea bad idea <clears throat> Rob McLean, good idea, bad idea. LaShawn McCoy wants to play two more seasons. Um, well, uh, I don't know if he's including this season, but um, I still think he has it. You know, I don't think you lose shiftiness. I think you lose speed, and that's what he has lost. Um, but if a team is looking for, you know, has a has a has a good banging back, you know, like a. Um, you know, like uh, a Leonard Fournette in, in, in uh, Jacksonville, and mm-hmm. they need a guy that's kind of, you know, can kind of break tackles and make them think another way, and then have Fournette come in and just, you know, rock, rock shot house again. Uh, I mean, I don't see against it. I think he really does. He's able to break tackles still. It's just he, he's not going to be a breakaway guy. He's never really been a breakaway guy. So, um, 
yeah, I, I think it's a good idea. Um, cause maximize your money, maximize your, your, your talent and enjoy your sport, man. Well, since I didn't start the timer on this one, we'll do the timer next because I like yeah. me some LaShawn McCoy. I liked him when he played for the Philadelphia Eagles. I definitely liked him when he played for the Buffalo Bills. He struck me as a guy that doesn't doesn't do good in like these three running back tandem systems. He strikes me as the he strikes me as the kind of guy that the more touches he gets, the more you know uh, as far as constant pressure is concerned, and and occasionally making people miss, which we know he does very very well. And I'd love to see him in a system where it's more it's kind of like a two back set where he gets more touches. So, um, good idea for two for two more seasons. Reevaluate after that. Totally. Uh, maybe just retire after that. Yeah, or maybe yeah. Maybe just retire. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, All right, Rob. Good idea, bad idea. Hold on. Let me get the clock ready. Todd Gurley will wear the number jersey number twenty-one for the Atlanta Falcons without Deion Sanders' blessing. Good um, idea, bad idea. Good idea. This guy Deion Sanders gets to pick and choose when he comes back and represents the Atlanta Falcons situation. Like he's all about Dallas Cowboys. I know he like brings up Atlanta sometimes, but you can't say someone shouldn't wear your number. You should just be talking about somebody retiring your number. Like forget about that guy. You exactly. Know, do it then, girly. Get healthy. Wear your number. I say good idea. I co-sign with you, and and that's because Deion Sanders had multiple opportunities to stay with the Atlanta Falcons. He was going a different way, the prime time sure. direction, the the the. the Deion Sanders direction he wanted a Super Bowl he wanted a chip went to the 49ers got a chip with them went to the Dallas Cowboys which we both believe agree is his new real home as far as retiring number 21 is concerned and got a chip with them so Deion Sanders you had a chance to stay with that team you left that team to get to get gold and everybody respects and appreciates that but as far as them appreciating you and retiring your jersey number 21 you can go kick rocks Rob McLean good idea (laughs) <laughs> there it is there's there our doorbell shut up <laughs> stop ringing my bell <laughs> good idea or bad idea Dak Prescott has had a party that may have broken social distance guidelines bad idea I mean this guy just is currently I believe uh, trying to get a new contract so I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what he's trying to pull, but it's just not smart. And I don't think he'd be getting paid the money anyway. So maybe he's just trying to, you know, face is trying to come through and say you're not going to get paid and you're not that good of a quarterback. Look, bad decision. Yeah, bad idea. I, bad idea, and I'll tell you why. I believe in nuclear families. I believe in people who are, who are brothers with different last names, where everyone spends so much amount of time with each other. But with that being said, unless all of those people that were at that party are living in his house the next month, where they just associate with each other and else and only associate with each other, where they all get it because one person has it, or none of them get it because one person because nobody has it. Bad idea. Uh, there was not that was not a ten person social distance party. Come on. Even for football players. Do you see that play? Well, I, look, I know football players could eat, but nah. Nah. <laughs> yes. Tell Miranda the bell is back. Oh, uh, where is it? Right there. Um, <laughs> Rob, good idea, bad idea. NBA players playing horse on ESPN as a recent event. You know, at first I thought it was a good idea, and then I actually watched it, and man, is it such a bad idea. 
you know, maybe one time it's a good idea, but I don't ever want to see that again. That was like the most boring thing I've ever watched on ESPN. Honestly, I'll watch a replay of any single game other than that. Sorry, <laughs> bad idea. Bad idea. Well, Rob, thank you for leaving me the remainder of the allotted time, which seems like a lot because it seems like I have so little in the same time a lot to say about this. I like horse. All right, I like horse for people like you and me. I like horse when I'm playing my girlfriend. I'll shoot like eight, eight in a row. She'll shoot like 15 in a row and house me, okay? Because that's how she does. That is the Kelly way. Uh, with that being said, I... I think it's a good idea because you have former players that can get in there and, and not not get hurt. <laughs> but bad idea because it's ruining sports. Even the coronavirus isn't doing as bad a job of ruining in sports as horses. Rob McLean, bad idea. <laughs> bad idea. All right, good idea, bad, bad idea. Um, I bring your attention to the UFC because that's how we do. We, we're big on MMA. Um, Disney having Dana White shut down the UFC for the month of April? I mean, <laughs> good idea. I'll be trying to be quick. Good idea, but I mean, Dana White even said that he couldn't even have any, the island wouldn't be ready until May anyway. So I don't know what he's expecting, where he's expecting having these fights in the first place. No one's going to open their building to, to have a UFC fight. So, uh, yeah, bad idea. I mean, a great idea. Uh, I just, I, I wonder why it took so long. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a good idea. And I know Dana White, White tried. And I know he knew. I know we all know that if there's any sport that could have gotten away with it, it's combat sports where you have limited people around the cage and empty arena. And there's only two people fighting. All right. They get tested. Everything's OK. Everything's OK. Athletes can survive this. What athletes bring back to their family and home may not survive that. So that's always the the underlying concern, as Max Holloway said. Um Right, these these fighters can can most likely combat coronavirus, but um, who they bring it to um, when the event is over is always the underlying concern. And safety's safety's an issue, and who knows? I don't know. Who knows when they're ever going to get back in there? But for now, well, I, I think the, the the safest route would probably be uh, just like have uh you know a half not a halfway house, but you know an area where they can spend two weeks maybe have be able to have communications like through you know glass window or whatever you know and have that 14 day quarantine uh after you've played those games or after you've done those games and maybe make it like a lot longer of a schedule and or maybe a quarantine training camp right? right where you know I after mean, you're done you know if you're there for two weeks you know you're gonna know who's gonna if someone's gonna uh come up with it or not you know? and how many and how, how many weeks is training camp eight weeks look yeah, if these yeah. guys if anyone can pull this off and 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 assuming they're heading for like the end of May or like June or whatever, because I think a lot of these people are running their training camp as if they're going to fight in May. And I think that's very smart. As long as your training camp is isolated, like you go to Big Bear, California, you're in some remote site, man. You're you're good. You know, yeah. you're good. You're, you're... I mean, I think that the, the just the end ruling of it is I don't think they know enough yet. Right. You know, I don't think they know enough where, uh, you know. Because they say, you know, I mean, everybody's going to get it eventually. If not it, then, you know, the flu. Because one of those two things, they're, they're both viruses and are not cured. So, yeah, and no vaccine. Yeah. That they come around. So, you're going to have them. And I, I think it's just a kind of like after it doesn't affect our hospital system, we'll be able to care for the people. And I don't think it's going to be uh, too bad. But if the hospital systems and the healthcare systems aren't able to take all these people on a certain amount of time, that's when deaths come up. That's when. 
uh, you know, people try to take masks from hospitals because they're they're worried they're not going to be able to get masks and hand sanitizers goes off the thing because people are scared that they're going to die. But that's not it's not really the the, the the issue. The issue is more of all of it at once. Yeah, you know, so yeah. being able to treat gotta, people, and... you know, make sure. We, yeah, because the people that we treat, you know, we, like they try to, they start to uh, take the numbers into into play now. But you know, they say <clears throat> that there's a lot of people that recover as well. You know. Yeah. Well, Rob, we're both New Yorkers, so with New York having the number of deaths almost equaling the number of cases that California has, at some point we're going to know someone that has it. Or, or, or has suffered from it. I have a, a close friend of mine, Bernard Norman, former former volleyball player, one of those underground Central Park, like hard, hardcore type guys. Um, he, he had it. was in Harlem Hospital, and I'm probably going to have him on a future podcast, and he, he just talked about just the horror show and how bad it, it's become um, and and the way it's being treated and, and, and how um, the hospitals don't have enough... Um, I'm not going to use the word equipment, but equipment is also included, but not limited to what they equipment need. Supplies. Yeah. yeah. Not just that, the ability to isolate uh, 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 people from each other, because now we understand the coronavirus has different strands. Now there's like there's, there's three different strands. Um, hmm. I also understand it's in some some preliminary studies, like people who are, who are O positive, their blood type is O positive, have, have a stronger immune system against the coronavirus, but that's only against the first strand, and the study is very premature. So. You know, that right, gave me a little I mean. bit of comfort. Of- I slept a little bit longer because I'm, I'm O positive and so, so, is, um, so is my goose. But I don't know. What were you going to say? I think I'm like A or B or something like that. No, I was just yeah. saying, but there's just there's just so much information out there. And there's a lot of people like saying other people are wrong. And, uh, you know, I just think there needs to be a little bit more time before we can get concrete evidence consistently instead of just like, you know, I think maybe the right information is out there. We just, uh, there's just so much information out there that. It's hard to really sift through and, 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 and believe in something and then just, you know, hold it down. The one thing I just know about is, you know, the things they made us do, which is social distancing and, you know, a lot of cleaning of the hands, face masks in the, in the face, clean your hands before you take your mask off, you know, clean your hands yeah, after just, you take your mask Just be off, smart, all man. The, all the extras. Yeah, these are all, yeah, look, these are all great precautions, even if a medical professional didn't tell you to do these things. Social right. distancing. Exactly. Wash your hands. Wear yeah. the Michael Jackson mask. You know what I'm saying? If you have one. I don't think they sh- people should be penalized for not wearing a mask until they could develop a system where everybody's able to purchase one. You know, you can't be like, well, oh, you can't go to the store because you don't have a mask. And But, but they but, said a face covering. Oh, a face okay. covering at yeah. least. You know, like they even said a bandana. They said anything, you know, just to cover your face yeah. consistently. Yeah, because if you uh, have you it, it prevents it from getting out. Up. Right. And if you don't if you don't know that, if you don't know that I can just put something over my face, then go home and get a mask. You know, like, yeah. I, I see the people at the store who are working so long every day to give people, you know, essential food all the time, you know, truly in harm's way shouldn't have right. Shouldn't have to tell you how you need to stay home and like and stay safe. Like you need to like, you know, get out, be proactive and, and figure out how to, you know, be safe in your community. Yep. Cool. Well, Hey, before we go, just got a few uh, uh, snippets that I, that I took care of on, like um, on this day years ago, I believe the Celtics won the first NBA championship. Um, 1957. On this day, 2019, Greg Popovich surpassed Lenny Wilkins to become the all-time winningest coach in NBA history. It's 1,413. San Antonio, they beat the Nuggets that night, 101-96. to 
Um, Popovich, probably the master in games decided by five points or less, which attributes to accumulating some of these wins. He's a clutch coach um, that was blessed with clutch, with, um, cl- clutch players through um, two decades of his career, and I say good for him. I think he's the best coach in the NBA, but if you ask him, he says the best coach is Larry Brown. Um, and I, and I, I like, and I like that pick for, for the reasons because he, because he knows Larry Brown and because, um, I, I did some research on him and I understand why a lot of the coaches say that like the fans are worried about wins and losses, but you ask a lot of the coaches, they're, they're hung, they're, they're hung up on Brown, Brooklyn guy, by the way. Um, what else? The Warriors achieved the best record in the NBA. We talked about that, um, as of today, 1963, Pete Rose got his first major league base hit. A lot of those coming. Yeah. And R.I.P. Dan Rooney passed away in 19, at 88 years old. He was the owner of the um, Pittsburgh Steelers. And leads me to my next thing. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, a lot of people died yesterday or today. Um, former Cubs second baseman Glenn Beckert died at age 79. Uh, Tavares Jackson, car accident, 36 years old. I don't know. There's still, I guess, the fact the fact finding mission is still unfolding on that. But, thirty six years old, and I think you remember him. He played for Seattle a little bit. He was kind of a little, a little bit of a journeyman. Minnesota. He played for Minnesota a bunch too. Yeah, Tavares yeah. Jackson. I remember him. He he uh, backed up Culpepper a bunch too. Yep. Doug Sanders, twenty yeah. time PGA winner, dies at eighty six years old. Peter Bonnet, soccer player, English, uh, uh, one of the Brits, died at seventy eight. And Anthony Kousey, which a lot of people don't know, uh, we're New Yorkers, we might know him. He was a New York City photographer that covered New York City teams for the New York Post for um, well, two and a half decades, for 25 years. So RIP for, for our fallen, and, and I hope you're in that big playground, field, or court in the sky. What do you say, Rob? Yeah, man, I just echo all that. That's, that's that's good. Oh yeah. Also, you know, R.I.P. to Carl uh, Anthony Towns' mom. He passed. She passed away from uh, oh, she coronavirus did. as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh man. It's too. Yeah. Another life lost. Oof. That guy is saying Stacy's mom passed, died too, due to this coronavirus. You know, Stacy's mom has got mm-hmm. it going on. You know, I called Torin just to joke around because Torin sounds like the guy, but I mean, it's funny, but not so much, I guess. But um, yeah, man. So, Rob, hey, with that being said, this concludes our podcast a little bit early. But you know what? Sometimes it's about quality over quantity. And thank you so much for joining me another week. And I encourage you and yours to stay safe, as does Rob um, tells the rest of the the world listening to us. We got uh, 20,000 views last week. That's um, second. We listen Keep last climbing. week. We finished with 25, and it's still counting. We finished 25,000, so we smashed through our own record. We broke John Mayer's record, who was the guest. And um, let's just keep this going, man. Thank you for everybody on the East Coast. Thank you, uh, UK, Australia, uh, Russia, um, Texas. Um, of course, we're in the South Bay. Thanks for the handful of people that that that, that um tune in and, and and watch this podcast. This is episode 11. Or excuse me, this is episode 12 of Sports Debate Tuesday. For Rob McLean, I'm Jason DeBeas, and we both say so long. See ya.
Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.